Good afternoon and welcome to this week's episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Robery, and as always, I'd like to welcome you to the show and thank you for tuning in. Wish you guys a happy Friday, or as the old saying goes, TGIF, thank God it's Friday. Uh, the weekend is here, so hopefully you're ready to hit the water, hit the woods. Uh, we've got some hunting trips planned, as we do. I'm sure a lot of you have the same plans for the weekend because, guys, we are in the home stretch of the 2020-2021 waterfowl season here in Louisiana. A lot of you who are out of state, you are probably pretty close to wrapping up if you haven't wrapped up your season already. And for those of you who haven't, you may get to go a little bit longer, possibly into February. Uh, But here in Louisiana, we are wrapping up at the end of January. We have the coastal zone scheduled to wrap up here in the next uh two weeks and then right behind that we're going to be closing up the uh the east zone so coastal zone west zone first and then the east zone is going to finish out the rest of the rest of the month in january and then we'll be talking about and looking forward to next season at that point so it's amazing to me how fast the end and just in general hunting season guys has moved along it seems like we were just opening up, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, and first split closed, went into second split, and here we go. We're chugging along. Um, I know a lot of us are ready for a new year, and you know, with 2021 coming along, there's a lot of stuff happening already right now in the outdoor, uh, you know, industry. Um, you know, a lot of the professional bass series are about to kick off the new year. Uh, there's a lot of excitement for fishing coming up, but uh, but we're not quite done here hunting with hunting season, and uh, that's what we're talking about today, guys. Um, also, coming along with the new year, you also have new changes a lot of times, and we're going to open up the show this week by talking about some changes that were announced uh, and proposed here in Louisiana that pertain to us waterfowl hunters um, going into next season, which would be the 2021-2022 season. Um, there's a lot of buzz this morning on social media already with uh, with some of this information that hit the internet yesterday and was announced yesterday. And uh, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries um, went ahead yesterday. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, they released the uh, the proposed dates uh, for the two, next season, for the 2021 season. And uh, some pretty interesting things. I got some takes on uh, you know, if you guys haven't seen it yet on social media or haven't had a chance to see what was uh, was put out there, is uh, it's going to be pretty interesting to you because there is some major changes that that are going to take place, or at least right now they're in the proposal stages. So the way this works, if you're not familiar with it, is you know Louisiana, uh, all the officials that are in charge of setting the dates and setting all the uh, the hunting seasons each year. Um, they get together and they typically at this time of year, right at the beginning of the year, they'll go ahead and announce the proposal dates for the following season. And those dates, if they are voted in and it's a go on those, they will typically uh, adopt those guidelines for, I think it's somewhere from like one to three years. So you're looking at possibly one to three uh, seasons, unless there's just, you know, something that needs to be changed and it's voted in and, uh, you know, gets edited. Um, but for the most part, once it's, it's adopted, it's going to be for the next couple of years. So what's going to be changing next year? I guess a lot of you who haven't heard, you're probably asking that question. 
And what it is is zones. Um, you know, if you're familiar with Louisiana waterfowl and duck hunting, um, over the last several years and for many years, actually, um, the state has been broken up into three different zones. So if you take this season, for instance, we have a coastal zone, we have a west zone, and then we have an east zone. And typically, the western zone and the coastal zone will go hand in hand as far as the season dates that are voted in. They'll adopt the same dates, abide by those same dates. They'll open at the same time, close at the same time. Um, the east zone that we typically hunt in, and you've heard us talk about hunting the east zone quite a bit throughout the last couple of years because that's predominantly where we hunt at our group on this show. Um, the east zone will typically open up a week after the west and coastal zone, and they will close a week after in the season, which is normally the end of January, which is where we stand this year. Um, so we will be closing up in the east zone um, the last week of January. And if you're a western zone hunter or a coastal zone hunter, you will be closing up the week before us. So you don't get to go all the way through January. So with the announcement that was made yesterday with Wildlife, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, it looks like they are proposing for next season that we will go back to a two-zone bylaw. Um, now, I'm an older generation, I guess you could say. Um, I'm a 41-year-old man. I was uh, hunting through the years where we used to have the west zone and east zone. So this is something that I have experienced before coming up with my father hunting. And then early in my years when I broke out onto my own, we, we used to divide it up where it was east zone and west zone. So there was only two zones at that time. Now, what's funny, a little backstory on the way that line ran for me where I grew up at. I grew up in Evangeline Parish um, in the little town of Ville Platte, Louisiana. And there is a, a, a major U.S. highway that, believe it or not, runs through that, through that area, goes up to North Louisiana, up to Arkansas, which is Highway 167. Now, back in the day when I was first getting into hunting with my father, um, my parents lived on Highway 167. Um, right on the outside of, of the little town I grew up in, of Ville Platte, Louisiana. And uh, it was a little bit north of Ville Platte. And like I said, U.S. Highway 167, that'll take you up through central Louisiana. That's Alexandria, Kasachi, uh, you know, near Catahoula, all those areas um, that some of you people, you know, some of our listeners may be familiar with. So the cool thing back in the day was Highway 167 used to be the dividing line for the east and the west zone. So my parents were on the left-hand side of Highway 167, lived right off the main highway. So right behind my home was, uh, you know, a well-known duck hunting uh, impoundment called Miller's Lake. Some of you may be familiar with Miller's Lake. It's a, it's a family-owned and operated waterfowl uh, impoundment. It's a, a also a public open to the public for fishing after duck season is, is uh, closed. So you may have visited Miller's Lake before to do some fishing. And if you've been lucky enough to be invited on a trip or know somebody from that area, you may have even hunted Miller's Lake during the waterfowl season. So growing up and my parents living on the left-hand side of Highway 167, I was able to hunt the west zone Miller's Lake, if I was invited with some buddies of mine, or, you know, we had, we actually, my family had a little bit of land 
that we had set up for wood duck hunting. It was some flooded timber. And we used to get wood ducks in there and we'd hunt wood ducks on that left-hand side of the highway. So when the west zone was open, we could hunt all that stuff on the left-hand side. But ironically enough, when the east zone would open up, literally all I had to do was walk out of my home, my parents' home, walk across the highway, and I was in the east zone because the dividing borderline for east and west was Highway 167. So it was pretty cool. I remember we, we'd grow up, we hunt ducks on both sides. Uh, we also had some family property that was in the east side, uh, up around Grand Prairie or, uh, you know, Wa uh, Washington, Whiteville, Louisiana, all those areas. A lot of you who waterfowl hunt, you probably have heard of Whiteville, Louisiana before. Um, there's always typically been a lot of good rice field, a lot of ag land up there, some good waterfowl and goose hunting. Um, ducks, geese, just, just traditionally been very good up in those areas. So you may have heard of that area before. Um, but yeah, how cool was that? I had the dividing line, literally it was the highway that I grew up on, um, with my parents home that I could hunt the East and the West very easily by stepping out of the house. So that was pretty neat, you know? Um, so what it looks like is that Wildlife and Fisheries has proposed that we are going to go back to a West Zone and an East Zone format like we had back in the day many years ago. Um, there's already guys blowing up social media, unhappy, this is stupid, um, you know, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, guys, to be honest with you, it seems like the masses, we never can make the masses happy. Um, that's just the way it goes nowadays. Um, I mean, all you got to do is look at all this chaos that unfolded this week with the election, with the politics and all that stuff that's going on in the country. Everybody has an opinion. Social media has made it so much more uh, readily available to give your opinion, which is how we even started this podcast. Um, you know, social media allows that nowadays. And everybody has an opinion. But there's a lot of people, including myself this year, that have been highly frustrated with the way the season's gone here in Louisiana. Um, it has not been a successful year. And yes, you will get your, your, your guys that are killing birds, uh, because they've traditionally hunted land that has killed birds over the years. And, you know, they may continue to kill birds. But if you listen to last episode that I did while we were on a hunt out in the woods, um, uh, you know, what I was saying in that in that last episode, guys, wasn't that, oh, you can't go out and kill birds because that's not the case. If you've listened to any of my shows before, you, you will know that I say you got to stick with it. It's public land we hunt. It's constantly changing. You just got to go out and hunt. I was I, What I was saying is that it's frustrating this season because first split, to be honest with you, we had a pretty solid first split. I would say that most people I talk to most of you out there who are duck hunters, we had a pretty decent first split to the season. And then it just seemed like it dropped off completely. It's like a ball rolling on a flat surface of a, of a table in your home and it just that ball just completely fell off the table. That's how the hunting has been and that's how I picture it as uh, what we've experienced in the second split here this season. A lot of you are frustrated and I understand it. I'm frustrated you know, uh, I mentioned 41 years old. I've been doing this a long time. A lot of you have been doing it even longer than me. And some of you not as long, but you've been doing it for many seasons. It has, you know, I know it's frustrating. It seems like it, it, 
it tends to get worse and worse. Um, but we also talked about some alternatives, you know, uh, you know, maybe focusing on, on some wood duck hunts and doing some of that stuff that we wouldn't normally do, maybe not hunting over decoys uh, to, in order to increase our success. And that's something that, honestly, guys, I have to follow my own advice on that and advice that was given to me by a couple of other hunters that I hunt with. Uh, you know, sometimes I'm hard-headed and I want to stick with it, stick with it, stick with it, doing what I'm doing. And you know what? It is, it isn't working. So I have to reflect back on this season and say, okay, I, maybe I was just hard headed. I didn't change something up. You know, I had, a, I had a, a gentleman on social media the other night when I posted about the last podcast episode we did and we were talking about how there wasn't no birds, you know, hardly from what we were hearing. And he said, Hey, I'm killing birds. He responded and he said, and he's a, he's a friend of mine and he told me like it was. And I appreciate that. And he said, you know what? Maybe you need to move where you're hunting and go somewhere else. And yeah, that that is, you know, the advantage that I got being a public land hunter, I have to admit. I could go out there and I'm not set to one specific lease that I'm paying $7,000 a year for to, to have a blind on. Um, to be honest, guys, if I was in that situation like we used to do, I've done that before. And there were years where you wouldn't get birds or what we thought wasn't birds as compared to now. And and man, I'd be sick to my stomach right now. Several of you may have leased a piece of land this year. Um, and you may not be getting any birds at all. And you saying to yourself, what the what the fuck did I do spending all this money this year and we don't have any birds? And and you frustrated as all get out with it. You know, I could it could be worse for me personally, I promise you. But you know, I know I know what you're going through. I've been there before. If you're in that situation, uh, but the luxury we have as public land waterfowl hunters is we do get to move. So, you know, taking the advice of my buddy uh, that made these comments to me on social media that responded to me, he, he basically, you know, he's right. He is a, he's really 100% correct on what he was saying. Maybe I need to move. And even though I feel like we are pretty versatile as a group of us, especially me and Jackson, my son, that hunt together, uh, Mr. Troy Fontenot, who you guys have had on the show and listened to on the show, if you've listened to our previous episodes, um, we're versatile. We consider ourselves versatile waterfowl hunters, public waterfowl hunters. Now, when I sit back and I reflect on what I mean by versatile, we pretty much stay here in the state of Louisiana for the most part. This year, we didn't travel outside the state, um, just didn't have you know, the, the means and the opportunities, I guess, with the schedules to match up with the opportunities that we were offered to hunt out of state this year. And I regret that looking back at it so far this season, um, which I'll touch on a little bit later in the show. Um, I had an opportunity to go up to uh, Kansas with my buddy, Jared Hughes, who we had on the show also uh, before. Jared made a trip up to Kansas. He just got back from Oklahoma. And uh, I had an opportunity to go on both those trips with him as far as an invite goes. But scheduling and a couple of things came into play where it just didn't work out for me uh, through the holidays where my schedule allowed to be able to make those trips. Now, I'm really considering next year, if they make those return trips, I'm going to make certain um, that I have my schedule aligned where I can try to make at least one of those trips that if they tend to go on those two trips again. So that's something as far as adjusting, I have to get more versatile, maybe outside of the state, because there is some 
you know, some states that are absolutely have birds and they, the birds are going somewhere, you know, and that's kind of my point. They're going somewhere. Hey, they may not be in Louisiana in big numbers, but they could be in Kansas. They could be in Arkansas. They could be in Oklahoma. They're somewhere that those birds are making their way down to maybe not all the way down to Louisiana. And I may have to adjust in order to have a quote unquote successful season. So that's something that I'm going to look at seriously heading into next season. Uh, but I also have to get more, even more versatile than I thought I was here in the state in order to be able to make some successful hunts. Uh, I can honestly tell you guys, we've had more scratches this season, especially it was the second split for the most part than we've had even since probably 2018. 2018, everybody thought it was one of the worst years on record uh, with birds. I don't know where the numbers are going to fall once the surveys are done this year to, or the end of the year surveys are done. But I can tell you the second split for us has been, uh, you know, just disgusting. It has. Um, so what am I doing to correct it? Um, well, this weekend I'm moving. I'm getting, I'm not going to the camp this weekend. Um, I'm off today. I'm off, uh, tomorrow and I'm also off on Sunday. So I have a little break from work. And, uh, even though it's not my favorite time to hunt, which is the weekends during hunting season, um, that's what I have to work with. And that's what we're going to work with. Jackson's off of school on the weekends now. He don't have any more vacation until summer split or Mardi Gras split, uh, actually. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna try to do some hunting this weekend. And basically, what we're gonna do is we're gonna uh, we're gonna move away from the camp, which is where we typically hunt, Sherburn Management Area, uh, Marksville during the second split of the season, and we're gonna go to the marsh. Um, so you've heard us talk about Manchac. Uh, you've also heard us talk about Biloxi Marsh this season. Um, a couple of the successful hunts that we had first split were in those areas. So we are planning on heading out to those areas for the, uh, for the, uh, for the weekend. So that, that's kind of our game plan. But I know I kind of got off topic, but I want to go back and touch on the, the announcements that were made yesterday by Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries. So like I mentioned, we're looking at next year, they're propo proposing a west zone and an east zone. So what about the dates? That always is something that's a big hot topic as we head into uh, regulations and hunter feedback versus what actually uh, goes into play for the new hunting season. A lot of people have been asking for later, later dates, later hunting season, uh, because more birds are down in February, and more, you know. Is that something that we're going to get? It doesn't look like it, guys. I mean, I just don't see that happening because of the pairing off and the mating and the transitions back up north that the birds, you know, end up doing uh, towards the, you know, that time of year in the February. And there's a lot that goes into it. And, and I'm not up to par on all the reasons of why they won't do it. But history has showed us that they will not push it back into February. It's kind of just something that I've, I've stopped, you know, hoping for, wishing for, because it just doesn't tend to happen. Um, so where, where, what dates are we looking at? So West Zone, let's take the West Zone first, guys. So the West Zone, um, the dates that were released yesterday, November 6th and 7th, I'm glad to see this back. November 6th and 7th of next season in the West Zone is going to be your Youth and Veterans Weekend. 
We talked about the Veterans Weekend this year. Um, I think it's a phenomenal thing that Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries did for our veterans. It gave our veterans an extra day or two to be able to hunt this year whenever the vast majority of us are not able to. Um, so they are going to do in the West Zone next year. They're going to pair the Vet and the Youth Weekend together. They're going to give these guys a, a whole weekend, the 6th and the 7th of November. And uh, it's going to give you an early jump if you're a veteran. I know my buddies, Troy, uh, David, that you had, we've had on the show before, they're veterans. They were extremely excited this year to see that they had been awarded a couple of extra days to the hunting season. And they take advantage of that. They deserve it. They fought for our country. And uh, you guys know I'm a, I'm a very patriotic type of person. Many of us who are outdoorsmen are. Uh, so, hey, I have no problem. I think it's it's a great idea. I applaud you, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, for keeping that going next year. And I hope you continue to do that for every season afterwards. So November 6th and 7th in the West Zone, Youth and Veterans. Then we fast forward to the next weekend. We're going to be November 13th through December 5th. It's going to be the first split for the West Zone opener. Once that's done, it's going to close up. You're going to have a second split, December 18th through January 2nd. And then get this, guys. It's going to close up on the, after the second. And then you will go January 10th through the 30th. So for the West Zone, which I, from what I looked at the boundaries, it, it incorporates a lot of what uh, some of you were in the Coastal Zone. So those of you who may have been in the Coastal Zone, and never got to hunt till the end of January in your area, you may be able to hunt till the end of January or from what it appears to look like in this proposal next season. So we're looking at three splits next year, guys, or three three different dates of to be able to waterfowl and duck hunt in the West Zone. So that is extremely interesting. That's something that immediately caught my attention in the West Zone. Uh, as compared to the east zone because now let's focus on the east zone if you're in the east zone november 13th youth and veterans on the 13th only that's different than what we talked about in the west zone the west zone when they open up youth and veterans they're going to get two days to hunt back to back they're going to get a whole weekend with the east zone not so much the case the way it's going to break out is going to be different in the west so on November 13th in the East Zone, youth and veterans. The very next weekend, November 20th through December 5th is going to open up for the rest of us in the East Zone. So November 20th through December 5th. Then we're going to close it down. We're going to open it back up on December 18th through January 30th. So to be honest with you, for most of us, the vast majority of us who are not veterans or youth owners, it's going to be very similar to the way it's been the last several years. We're going to have, you know, an opener, a split, an opener, and go through January 30th. Now, this is what's interesting and kind of, it kind of didn't make a lot of sense to me as far as the, uh, the date that I'm going to throw out to you here afterwards for youth and veterans. So if you, like I mentioned, if you remember in the West Zone, youth and veterans are going to get those days, November 6th and 7th, they get the whole weekend. 
In the E zone, you're going to open up on the 13th, but you can only hunt the 13th. You don't get that whole weekend. But So what they're going to do in order to make it equal to the West zone is they're going to, once the season closes January 30th in the E zone, you're going to have a couple of days in between that. And then on February 5th, youth hunters and veterans get an extra day to hunt to be able to equal out their two days to what the West is awarded on their end. Why February 5th? I have no clue, guys. If those of you who know or have an idea of why February 5th, um, fill me in. Go respond on the social media page, on our Facebook, our Instagram page. I would absolutely love to know that. It don't make a whole lot of sense to me that we're going to close up on January 30th and then close it for a few days and then give February 5th to the uh, youth and veteran hunters. That just seems kind of odd to me. Um, maybe that's something to kind of test the waters as far as going into February. I would like to think that, but I have a feeling that has nothing to do with it at all. Uh, you know, I was I was thinking to myself when I first saw it, so maybe they're testing the waters as far as having a day to hunt in February. Perhaps they want to look at those numbers that are killed. Uh, or maybe they just know that there, there's not going to be a, a, a big number of participation. And there's another factor or reason on why February 5th was the day that they settled on. So very, very interesting as far as the information and the proposals that they have for next season and 2021 season, guys. Um, I do like the fact that we're going back to a West East zone. I, I, I just thought that always seemed to work well back in the day when we did it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so I really like the West East zone thing. Uh, now, like I said, I haven't got to see the, the, the boundary line completely. I didn't spend a whole lot of time today looking at that. I, I'm sure some of you may be questioning where the line falls, uh, why you're in the East versus the West or vice versa. Uh, all I can tell you is that it has worked in the past. At least the two zone you know, idea has worked in the past over the years. Uh, as far as the hunting dates, the one thing that really throws me off is why there's, you know, multiple splits in the West zone versus the East zone not having it. Uh, if you know or have ideas, throw them at me. I'd love to hear it. Maybe I'm just, you know, overlooking something, but I found that was something that immediately jumped out at me. And like I mentioned, uh, the, the way that they set up the, the last youth and veterans day to be able to hunt on the 5th of February. That's extremely interesting, and I'm curious about that one. Um, but that's what we're looking at. That is the dates that have been announced. And this is just that we're talking about on this show is just waterfowl, ducks, and goose. Um, so all the other dates for, you know, your waterfowl or, you know, your bird, typical bird hunt, like your snipe, woodcock, all that stuff has also been proposed. You can go check it out at Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. Go to their Facebook page if you want a quick link to it. Um, it's up on their Facebook page right now. And there's a lot of feedback, so you can get some entertainment by reading it. Um, I know the guys on Louisiana Duck Hunters on Facebook, on their page, a lot of guys. I think there was over 80 comments today on it. They, uh, they have a lot of stuff to say about you know the new proposal dates. And I'm sure you may have something to say about it. But, guys, that's what it's looking like. We're gonna be uh we're gonna be dealing with next year. So whether or not you think it's a great idea or stupid, it's not really gonna matter once they uh they lock these dates in. 
And from what I've seen over the years is once it's proposed, it's it's very seldom that it gets reversed or changed uh, because that's going to be coming up here shortly. They, you know, a lot of times they're going to uh, ask for hunter feedback. So I know that I received a, uh, a survey in the mail asking for some hunter feedback this past season and then the last season, actually. Uh, and I've talked to two of my, my buddies I hunted with in the blind this year that were talking about how they had received uh, surveys asking for hunter feedback. So look, if you get that and you notice that you get it in the mail, guys, this is the type of stuff that they're asking for. They're asking for information for. So it helps, you know, whether or not it gets to where it needs to go and a change is actually made in the opinion that you feel needs to be made. That's irrelevant, to be honest with you. You know, they want the feedback from us. Don't just chunk it in the mail, throw it away. We'll never get any kind of changes for the positive if we don't give them honest feedback. Uh, I, you know, I, I know, I know, or, or, I'm sorry, I mentioned on the last show that, uh, you know, hunting where our camp's at in uh, the Sherbet management area, we've been facing this year a big issue. It's not just this year, but this year has been a, a major concern because of the way the, the wildlife management area looks with, uh, you know, invasive species, vegetation, that type of stuff. Um, we even contacted our local Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, um, you know, uh, official. And I have to say, I have to report to you guys the truth that I did receive some feedback on that. Um, and very understanding, this gentleman that I spoke to, um, he basically told me, he said, Jacob, he said, we are doing everything we possibly can. He said, in my office for the area you're talking about and, and you know, concerned about, as well as other areas. He said, not only for the waterfowl hunters, but for the deer hunters and all outdoorsmen that use the wildlife management areas. He said the big issue, which is no surprise to many of us, is the funding that the state is getting this year. Um, the state is in, in trouble, guys. It really is. Uh, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. Look, I deal with those guys. I, you know, many of you who follow us and listen to the show, um, you've heard me. You're familiar with me by now. Um, I'm in the outdoor industries. That's what I do is my full-time job. I'm in boat sales. I'm in marine sales. And guys, we work on Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries boats. We work on a lot of their equipment. Um, and I can tell you that those guys are doing the best that they can, in my opinion, with the equipment that's awarded to them. They're just not getting the contracts to upgrade equipment and stuff like that that they used to. They're not getting that, that funding that's used to be available to them uh, on good years, you know. So... Those guys are going through there, and that's what this gentleman told me. He said, hey, he said, we're just really struggling this year with the budget. The funding is extremely low, he said, and we, I promise you we're doing the best we can, and we have plans to continue to address the issues that you are talking about. And, uh, and you know, that I was just one. I know a lot of guys that we hunt with, other fellow hunters, uh, emailed because we wanted to try to get the attention of them, let them know, hey, this is what we're seeing um, and you know, the same type of stuff could come from those surveys that I'm talking about. So if you get those, um, you know, even if you don't get a survey, you can always go and email your representative for your area, uh, whichever wildlife and fisheries offices in your area, touch base, reach out to those guys, because Hey, to be honest with you, a lot of those guys are outdoorsmen, just like we are. I know, I know they're the green gene guys and you know, a lot of game wardens aren't the most popular guys out there, oftentimes but you know a lot of times they get into their profession because they have a passion for the outdoors like many of us so 
uh, you know, reach out to those guys because they're seeing a lot of the same stuff we're seeing. And without, you know, feedback from us as outdoorsmen, it never gets pushed up the ladder. So pushing it up the ladder can only help in the long run. It definitely can't hurt us. So it's worth it, guys. But getting back to this weekend, I hope a lot of you guys are heading out this weekend. Like I said, uh, coastal zone, west zone, we down to two weeks. Two weeks, guys, that you got remaining to hunt. Uh, the reports that I've heard, I've been back at work this week, so I haven't been out in the field. I'll be able to give you some more feedback tomorrow on what I see personally. But the reports aren't the greatest, uh, you know, from all around. I say that. Certain areas, certain areas, let's be fair. Uh, coming out of the marsh, the marsh areas, Hopedale. Got a report from Hopedale. Uh, Delacruz. Uh, also talked to a couple of people uh, that were down in the Biloxi Marsh. And uh, even up to this morning, Friday morning, just not a lot of birds, a lot of gray ducks left. Uh, I talked to my buddy Charlie Perilou this morning. They are out hunting, or they were out hunting this morning, and he said uh, they had a strap. They had some buffalo head. They had a couple of dogery, and they had two gray ducks. He said, for the most part, Charlie's been hunting the marsh, uh, Biloxi Marsh, uh, you know, Delacro, all those areas pretty hard the whole season. That's that's an area he frequents a lot. He hunts there a lot. And, uh, you know, once those, those gadwall left early from first split, they just never showed back up in those areas. And he, he, he's been hunting quite a bit. Uh, so a lot of you guys, from what I've heard, you said the same thing. Uh, seems like we've been having a concentration of buffalo head and your divers, like your dogrees and stuff hanging around the marshes. Uh, and, you know, that's been great. Even Venice. Uh, I had a couple of reports out of Venice, Louisiana. The, the numbers of birds there even dropped, you know. So uh, it, it doesn't seem like the marsh has been producing, a, you know, real good numbers, which not surprised, to be honest with you. Uh, we're talking about how we're having a slow duck season. You're not going to have blowout fantastic numbers. But birds are still being killed. So that's a, that's the positive to focus on. Um, you know, with the weather that we had come through, we have a, a really good weather trend right now that hit, hit Louisiana in the last couple of days. We had some rain today. The sun's coming out. The wind is pumping. I know down in the marsh where we're heading tomorrow, that water is absolutely draining out big time. So we're losing water in the marshes probably as you head, if you're heading out this weekend, guys, you know that we have a strong north wind, uh, a northeast, north, you know, wind blowing out, uh, or I'm sorry, northwest wind blowing that's been pumping, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 miles an hour. It's going to suck that water straight out of the marsh. So I did see a report right before we got on this this episode uh, of some guys that had had success today down in the marsh, uh, put a nice scrap together, but they were talking about how the water is going to be going tomorrow. So just, you know, make a note of that. Those of you who hunt the marsh, I don't have to tell you, you already know how that works and operates. Uh, but as far as you know, the central part of the state on up, I did get some good reports. I talked to my good buddy, David, uh, over in Marksville, and he said that the numbers have been increasing up around the central part of the state. So uh, I know they put some stringers or some straps together this week uh, with some mallards, some gadwall. Um, and he said the gadwall was starting to show up and the mallards were starting to move in. They had a one day this week where he said they, they didn't do real well, but they uh, a lot of migration, a lot of birds moving south, which was good. He, uh, he hadn't seen that since the first split. 
Um, so, you know, there is some birds that tend to be moving down, moving into the state. Um, so that could, you know, hopefully translate into some, some good hunts for a lot of us. Um, but he did tell me, he said, uh, they rounded out the end of the week, which today were Friday. They hunted Thursday, they hunted Wednesday, and uh, they were able to, I don't know if it was necessarily limits that they got, but uh, they were able to put some pretty straps together with some mallet and gadwall. Um, now, he told me the teal had moved out for the most part. Um, they were still killing, they pick up a couple of green wings, and guys, believe it or not, blue wings, blue wings have been showing up on a lot of straps and reports. Uh, guys, still killing blue wings. Um, so, you know, if, it, if that's a bird that's on your list to mount, uh, you have a really good opportunity still being now that we're in January and uh, getting you a, a Drake blue wing that's uh, fully plumed right now to be able to hang on the wall. So that's something uh, that you're going to have an opportunity for. Right now is that time of year in January where we typically, those birds that you want uh, as far as trophies to be able to mount, Now's the time to go get them, guys. So if you can, if you're lucky enough to uh, to get one that uh, you want to put on your wall, it's chances are it's going to be a pretty pretty bird right now with the plumage on it. Uh, so just you know, make a good shot. Don't try to bust them up too bad. Uh, speaking of that, that's that's a point that uh, you know something that makes me think of, of of a hunt I had a couple of years ago, and a guy posted this week on uh, social media. There was a guy that got online this weekend, and uh, he had killed a golden eye. And uh, a golden eye, a lot of you probably saying golden eye. You know that's not real common here in Louisiana. That was that's exactly what his question was. His question was, "Hey guys, how how often or how common is it to kill a golden eye down in Louisiana?" Which is something that I could kind of relate to because a couple of years ago I was hunting Manchac Wildlife Management Area, and. Uh, I had a bird that I saw that, that kind of worked the, the outside of the spread, and I, I didn't know what it was. I was looking, I had positioned myself kind of at a bad position. The sun was in my face a little bit, but I knew it was a duck definitely by the way it was flying, and I, I went ahead, I hit the call, and this bird ended up making one pass and then another pass and then just dropped in and came into the spread and pulled up and I shot. And when I dropped it, uh, I went to retrieve it. I was I was looking at the bird closely because I didn't recognize it. It wasn't something that I had killed before that I knew I had never killed before. And it wasn't something that was common that we killed down here in Louisiana. So I, like many of you may do, I pulled out my phone. I pulled up my Ducks Unlimited app. And I was looking at the, the waterfowl species and all the different uh, pictures of them. And what it ended up being was it was a hen golden eye that I killed. And uh, I remember sending a snapshot to a couple of my buddies saying, hey, look, I think I got a, a hen golden eye. That's not real common around here. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, it wasn't. Um, and it's still not a very common bird. But we have been seeing over the last probably two to three years, we've seen guys each year kill golden eyes. You'll see guys posting pictures, hey, I killed a golden eye, or is this a golden eye? Asking. And uh, I wish it would have been a drake, of course, but it was a hen that I killed. But still an extremely beautiful bird, um, you know, and definitely different looking. You know, I knew the minute I saw it, I knew it was something that wasn't common, you know, like I mentioned. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't mount that bird, and I regret it to this day. Jackson was talking to me the other day about it. He asked me, he said, Dad, he said, you ever killed a bird you, you want, you regret not mounting? And I said immediately, I said, I wish I would have mounted that hen golden eye that I shot just a couple of years back. 
Well, lo and behold, like I mentioned, this guy was on social media and he had a picture of a hen golden eye, just like I had shot a couple of years ago and was asking, hey, is this common? Is it something I should mount? And, uh, you know, I wish I, I was trying to hurry up and find a picture so I could send it to him uh, and respond to him. And I did respond to him online, but I couldn't find a picture of it. But I have a picture laying around somewhere of a golden eye that we killed that day and, uh, that I shot. And I regret to this day not mounting that bird. I wish I would have mounted that bird because even though, like I mentioned, it wasn't a drake, it was still a, it was still a unique bird. But the, the interesting thing is it seems like there are more of them showing up here in Louisiana over the last couple of years. And uh, some, of, some of you who may be of the older generation, older than me, uh, you may be able to chime in on social media. Hit us up on our social media pages uh, or when we post the, the, the new podcast, leave us a remark. I'd like to know back in the day, is, is GoldenEye something that you guys uh, used to shoot or seen? I know Mr. Warren Coco. I talk to Mr. Warren, uh, you know, fairly often because uh, my dealership that we sell boats, uh, we're a Go Devil dealer. So I talk, I've talked to Mr. Warren. I've been to the Go Devil headquarters and uh, in his office, which he has a, a, a vast array of uh, a collection of waterfowl mounts in there. And he, and he has a golden eye up on his wall in his office. And at one time I, when I had asked him about that, when I killed that golden eye, uh, he had said, yeah, it wasn't something that was real common to Louisiana. So it's pretty cool to see that. I know we get our stray birds, you know, stray species that come down every season. You'll, you'll get, you know, somebody post something, but, uh, but it was pretty cool to see another another hunter with a golden eye, especially a hen golden eye like I had shot, I have to admit. So that, that was pretty neat. And uh, that's just a little backstory on, on the one I shot a few years ago. But, yeah, guys, to this day, I, I, I regret it. I wish I would have mounted that bird because I've got, I've got a pretty nice collection of mounts over the years. And uh, that, that sure would have been a beautiful one to have up there. And Honestly, I, I don't know why I didn't. I just uh, – I, I just – I didn't. I didn't mount it. So – uh, but hopefully I'll get another opportunity where we're headed this weekend. We're going to head out to Manchac Wildlife Management Area again. Uh, we're going to move to the marsh, like I said, make that adjustment, make that make that change, and, uh, and, and just, you know, try to see if it makes a difference for us because uh, it hasn't been real consistent uh, second split at all for us as a, uh, you know, as a, a, or for me and Jackson and, you know, our small group of guys that hunt together. Um, just hadn't been real consistent, which is pretty much what a lot of you are saying out there. So you know, you know what we're going through. Uh, now, you know, talking about adjusting a while ago, I mentioned it earlier in the show, possibly moving out of state. I mentioned that Jared, uh, Jared Hughes, he's been on the show with us before. He's a good friend of ours, part of our last stop waterfowl crew. Uh, Jared took a trip earlier in the year to Kansas, but he also took a trip recently to, uh, to uh, Oklahoma, and a lot of you, Jared's on social media quite a bit, Louisiana Duck Hunters, he's always on there, he, he's younger than me, he's always on there cracking jokes and making making smart aleck remarks, so some of you probably have seen his name out there, he's, he's honestly, he's a great guy, guys, he just likes to, to pick and, and start uh, start some conversations and talk waterfowl hunting, so there's nothing wrong with that, you know. A lot of us are all like that, but uh, he just got back from a trip. Him and a couple of buddies, uh, they went down or up to Oklahoma, and uh, they had made a trip to Oklahoma last year, and uh, were real successful. They had met a lot of uh, of interested people, made some good friends up in Oklahoma from some farmers 
uh, also, you know, that allowed them to hunt their property while they were up there last year. And, uh, and he shipped up quite a bit of boudin. I mentioned this before. He shipped quite a bit of boudin uh, up to Oklahoma at the end of last season because uh, he had made some friends and were, was able to hunt some property up there on some farms that they, uh, that they owned. So they made a trip back up there this year. And this year they kind of changed it up. They, 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 they went and they focused kind of on some public land up there that they hunted. Uh, but, man, they absolutely put the smack down on them. There was birds there. And, and I talked to him. As he was up there, uh, you know, kind of to see how things were going, I had posted a few pictures that he sent me on our social media, on our Facebook page, our Instagram page for you guys to see as well. And since they've returned, he's posted it on, uh, you know, forums such as Louisiana Duck Hunters and other duck hunting forums on, on social media. Uh, but they put the absolute smack down. I think they had 151 mallards. In a, in a couple, well, in, a, in I think they were up there for right at about five or six days. Uh, and they, they, I think the number he told me was like 151, somewhere in there that they shot. Uh, but he told me, he said, it wasn't the easiest of hunts. He said, we had to work for him. You know, he said, it wasn't like it was last year where we got permission to hunt a private pond and, you know, we were able to put, put some nice straps together. He said, this time we went public for the most part. Uh, I think they might have hunted one or two days of form. But uh, he said it was a little bit more difficult, but he said uh, they definitely had a, an enjoyable trip. Uh, now, we're gonna, we're, our plans, my plans are to get him on in the next couple of weeks before uh, the season closes. We're going to uh, do a, another podcast episode where he's on with us as a guest. And uh, I'm going to let him tell the stories of kind of what their trip entailed. Uh, there's some stuff that went down that was pretty funny that I want him to share with you guys. Uh, got, got in a little bit of trouble almost up there. So it's something that uh, turned out for the best, but it, 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 it makes a pretty good story after the fact. So hopefully we'll get Jared on with us. We'll, we'll talk about that trip. Uh, but, yeah, go check out those those pictures. They're up on our social media pages. Um, and also you'll probably see him if you're on some of the forums, guys, as far as Louisiana Duck Hunt goes. You'll come across his name as well as some of the photos from their trip to Oklahoma. Uh, hell, they even they even got uh, a couple of deer tags while they were up there, and I think Kim and one of his other buddies they were able to tag out. Uh, they ended up killing four deer, I believe, while they were up in Oklahoma. So, been a pretty successful hunting season for Jared. I have to say, he's had a lot of a lot of good luck this year. Uh, you know, two successful duck hunting trips out of state this year paid off big time for him, and then uh, also had a really good year with deer this year. Uh, between him and his uh, his his wife, Summer, I think they were able to tag out this year on deer, and uh, he got a pretty stocked up freezer right now. So, kind of a funny story he sent me the other day. Jackson killed a deer earlier in the season this year, so I, I told him I said I said man I got to go buy uh, another freezer. I said because we're getting pretty full uh, between you know squirrel hunting, duck season, having leftover stuff from last year. I'm a big fisherman, so we keep a lot of fish, especially my boys now to eat fish. Uh, they love fried fish and grilled fish and all that. So we, we, we keep, this, like many of you, keep the uh, freezers pretty stocked up, you know, just from being outdoors. And I told him, I said, I got to go get another freezer. And he said, man, he said, you don't even deer hunt. He said, but uh, he said, why are you having to buy another freezer? I said, well, hell, Jackson deer hunts. He goes on a trip at least once a year with his grandfather. I said, and he kills a deer pretty much every year he's been going with him. So I said, we're about to get his back from the, uh, you know, from processing. I said, I got that. And then this year, uh, kind of funny story, my boss uh, this year for Christmas, 
you know, uh, he told us that right around Christmas time, he's, he's a, he has a farm as well where he raises cattle. And he said, hey, he said, I'm going to go ahead. He said, uh, you and you, uh, the other salesman, my buddy, Nikki Hebert, and uh, our service manager at the store, he said, I have a, I have a cow that I'm going to bring in to be butchered. He said, uh, two of them. He said, I'm going to keep one and I'm going to give one to you guys, he said, to split up. And uh, I was like, okay, fine. Yeah, no problem. He said, how do y'all want them? And we said, well, you know, get them however you normally get it processed and that'll be fine with us. So we ended up, between three of us, we had 780 something pounds of meat that were coming to us after processing. And uh, man, when I tell you we got that back this week, guys, I didn't know exactly what that would be, but that's that's right around 260 something, 270 something pounds of meat per person. That'll fill up a freezer pretty quick. So with Jackson's deer coming in this week and that that uh, you know that cow being given to us that was done with processing this week, uh, I had to go to Lowe's and buy buy a deep freezer, man, and and fill it up. So. Pretty cool. I, I I like that as a present. I have to admit, we got uh when we got that back from the butcher, it was T-bones, ribeyes, brisket, and roast, and tons of ground meat. So we are set. I told Amy, I said, if you if I see you come back home from the grocery store with ground meat this year, I said we're gonna have a problem because right now, I, if I open my freezer, you, all you see is ground meat up to the lid. Right now, it is. It is absolutely chock-a-block full right now, guys. And yes, I said chock-a-block. For those of you who don't know what that means, that means you're not coon-ass or Cajun. Chock-a-block is a term we use where it means it's extremely full. So that's some of my Cajun, my Cajun uh, language coming into play right there for all of you listening, guys. But uh, right now, like I said, I may have to end up going and purchase another freezer because uh, as soon as duck season wraps up, we're going to be getting into... Uh, Getting into fishing, and uh, we're going to be doing some bass fishing, some sackle or crappie fishing, uh, and we're going to be filling up the freezer some more. So we're going to have to either eat some uh, meat from hunting season pretty quickly, or we're going to have to maybe even purchase tail to misses. We're going to have to purchase another freezer just for the fish that we're going to be putting in there. So it's looking up and up uh, as far as the time of year, guys. Uh, you know, still got several weeks of hunting like we talked about, we discussed. But uh, right after that, we're going to break out into fishing, you know, maybe even make a couple of squirrel hunts just to uh, have some fun with the 22s before the end of the season here in Louisiana. Squirrel season ends in February. So going to maybe do a little bit of that just to stay in the woods, Uh, depending on how the fishing is going. If the fishing heats up, uh, we're going to we're going to break out the the range of boat and we're going to get out there. We're going to do some fishing. So. Uh, I'm really looking forward to fishing season this year. Uh, we're gonna do, we're gonna continue the podcast episode going through into fishing season this year, because guys, uh, you know that's the reason we have last stop waterfowl outdoors on the end of our name. Um, you know, yes, we are predominantly a waterfowl group or a community, uh, but we also do everything outdoors, kind of like you guys. That's why you hear us talk about deer hunting sometimes. We'll talk about turkey hunting if somebody wants to talk turkey hunting. Uh, but we also are big avid fishermen. So bass fishing, freshwater fishing, saltwater, it doesn't matter to us. Frogging, it could be anything. We'll do it all. Um, and if, if we're invited or we want to take a trip, invite some people, we will do it all. So um, we're going to continue the series even after hunting season goes, guys, for you to listen to. Uh, you know, this podcast thing is really taking off and I have to thank you guys listening out there for that. Uh, you know, we had a couple of accolades and milestones that we hit this year. 
Uh, we were recognized on some of the largest streaming platforms out there, such as Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and Spotify this year for, uh, you know, making, making uh, you know, quite a bit of uh, progression in the listeners uh, to this podcast. And without you guys listening, we could never have done that and didn't expect it, to be quite honest with you. Uh, when I started the podcast, it was something I figured, hey, my group of friends, we could all listen to, have fun, get on and, and, and do this. And it has kind of just taken off, I have to be honest with you. Uh, I enjoy doing it. I'm, I'm so glad I got into doing this because we've made a lot of friends, uh, met a lot of people, uh, got to meet with a lot of people from different companies in the industry that I, I haven't met before. And, you know, I, like I mentioned, I work in the outdoor industry. So I do have a lot of friends and, and people that I've met over the years from big companies out there. But this opened up even more gateways and relationships. And, and, and um, you know, I can't thank you guys enough for that. And also, I've met a lot of you out in the field that we ran into each other that listened to us. And you said, hey, I'm such and such. I listen to your podcast. Or I, we get social media messages and say, hey, uh, you know, I heard you talk about this on the show. What do you think about this? Could you maybe help me out with this? And guys, that's what it's about for me, to be honest with you. This ain't about making money for us or anything like that. It's not actually a business that we're running. Um, it's to meet other people just like we are, public land hunters, people that love fishing and outdoors, and to be able to share our content with you guys and you share your content with us. And we all bounce ideas off of each other. It's, it's such a cool thing. Um, and I have absolutely enjoyed doing this from the from the time we started getting going to seeing it grow into what we kind of got going now with it. Um, you know, my wife, she even said, she said, hey, this is a stress relief for you. And I see you light up, your face lights up whenever you get on there and you do a podcast or you have a guest or on the show or you have somebody that you meet that says, hey, I listen to the show, um, you know, and you actually meet them. So that that's such a cool thing, in my opinion. Um, and I And I really, I really look forward to doing it hopefully for many more years to come, guys. Um, I'd, I'd love to continue to do this every year. Does it make us experts? No, not at all. Not at one time do I claim to be an expert on this. We're just like everybody else. We're just public land hunters uh, and outdoorsmen that enjoy the outdoors and doing what we do um, just like you guys do. And we just like meeting people and, and love people, you know, having their experiences and sharing them with us. So, Really fortunate. We know what we have. We thank the good Lord above for that. Um, and, and hopefully he'll bless us many more years. We can continue doing this. And, uh, you know, as always, we do have to thank our sponsors, guys. At the beginning of the show, you heard about Anchor.fm. Without Anchor.fm, we wouldn't be able to get this podcast out to you to listen to. They're the ones who stream, monetize, edit the podcast. Uh, do everything and host it for us and get it out to all the streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm, Breaker.fm, um, Radio Republic. All the major streaming platforms, Anchor FM is our host that gets it and monetizes and gets it out to the content out to you guys. So thank you to Anchor.fm. Check them out online. If you ever thought about making a podcast yourself, Believe me, guys, Anchor.fm is the place to go. Go check them out. It's so easy. And they handle all the, the, the frustrating, hard work of it for you. Um, and also another great sponsor that you hear us talk about here on the show. We've been using their products all year long. 
uh, Beaver Creek Game Calls, Patrick Erkfitz, my boy Patrick Erkfitz over at Beaver Creek Game Calls, guys. You need to give him a call, look him up. If you're looking to get a new duck call, goose call, turkey, deer, uh, Patrick will hook you up. He'll build a call for you. Built in the USA, 100%. Uh, Patrick will get you the color you want, the style that you want. He'll build you the call that's perfect for you. Uh, even if it's something that you want to, you know, use for a maybe a, a bachelor, you know, a bachelor party for your boys that love duck hunting, y'all enjoy duck hunting. Patrick's done it before. He's built calls for for bachelor parties to give to the groomsmen. He can do it for you. Look him up online, Beaver Creek Game Calls. Check him out on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Same places you can get us guys, Beaver Creek Game Calls. Check them out. And as always, I want to thank you for tuning in to this week's show of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Don't forget to go visit us on our social media pages as well, guys. We just uploaded a, uh, a short video on our YouTube page. Look us up at Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors on YouTube. Right before we did the show, we uploaded a new video, so go check it out. Hopefully that information in the video will help you guys make a decision on buying a new motion decoy. If you hunt motion decoys in thick vegetation such as duck seed uh, or just any kind of aquatic vegetation, you're going to want to check that video out. Go check it out right now on our YouTube page. We'll probably post, uh, post it up on our uh, Facebook page as well. If you haven't been to our Facebook page, go check us out, guys. Give us a like. Instagram, give us a follow. We're constantly posting new content up on those pages. Uh, that's how we get to communicate with a lot of you guys. And uh, we meet a lot of new friends and talk waterfowl hunting and everything outdoors. So go check it out. We would greatly appreciate it. And by word of mouth, word of mouth, they always say, is one of the best advertising tools, guys. Share. If you like this show and you stumbled upon us for the first time, you like it, hell, subscribe to it. Get notified when we release a new podcast and share it with your buddies. We would greatly appreciate it. We see we're picking up new listeners every week. We see it coming from, honestly, all over the world. I get I get statistics on where the, the listens are coming from. And you'd be shocked. It's not just Louisiana. It's guys out of state. We have a couple of uh, listeners in Italy that we've uh, actually met on uh, on Instagram. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it goes all over the place, and, and we meet a lot of people in different areas. So we appreciate it. If you like the show, share it with your friends. Tell your buddies about it. Uh, next time you're in the Doug Blind, small talking, tell them about Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors podcast. We'd appreciate it. But, guys, more importantly, just want to wish you all the best um, as you head out this weekend to make a hunt. We'll be uh, hopefully giving you a report on, on how our hunts go this weekend. Hopefully it goes for the good. We kind of turn things around and uh, we kind of finish up strong here in Louisiana for the second split. But stay safe, stay, you know, stay, keep it, keep it, you know, keep it, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Keep it uh, cordial between all hunters. Let's, let's practice sportsmanship. And guys, pick up your trash out there in outdoors. That's something I've been seeing a lot of lately. A lot of trash left behind on public land. Pick it up, man. Clean it up whenever you're heading out of there. And be respectful of your other hunters. I promise you, if we do that, we're going to be sitting good for many generations to come. So until next time, guys, this is Jacob with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors signing off. Wishing y'all the best in the outdoors, and we'll see y'all soon.